Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Hallelujah. So grateful that you're here. For those of you online, welcome. You may be seated. Welcome to Lifehouse um, this morning. We've been in a series that we've entitled All In. All In, in essence, is that, that there is something in you that is called your will, volition. Um, all of us have it. It's God's greatest gift. It's the most delicate gift that God gave anyone of all creation. He did not give it to the angels in the sense that, that he's given us uh, just the freedom to choose, to decide, to determine. Uh, free will, it's called free will. It's a, it's a theological term as well because uh, there are different variations of, of, of theological like explanations for free will. But at the end of the day, you get to choose. God has trusted, in, uh, trusted you uh, with the most delicate of all the powers that all creation have, and that's the ability to determine, to self-determine, uh, to uh, dedicate yourself to one way or the other. What are you going to do with God's word or God's opportunities or, or with the knowledge that God has given you, the opportunities? And most of us squander time. Uh, most of us uh, you know, do not underutilize the talents, underutilize uh, or, or misuse the treasure that God has placed in our hands. Uh, we abuse this temple. So the time, the talent, the treasure, the temple, most of us do not take care of or do not uh, really cultivate a testimony that glorifies God. We live in such a way a lot of times that, that we uh, bring discredit to God or the gospel or your own life or your own family or relationships. And then most of us uh, make ill use of our tongue. Uh, Jesus says that every word, every idle word that comes from your mouth, you will be judged for every bad word, for every curse word, uh, for every uh, dubious uh, conversation that you're having. Every time you get angry at somebody, that there is the power of life and death, the power to bless or curse. When you get angry at somebody and you start screaming or saying things, uh, you, a lot of times we underestimate the power of your words uh, to heal or to, or to hurt somebody. Uh, to bring about hope, or to bring about uh, just uh, a, a sense of despair, uh, to encourage or discourage, to bring life or death, uh, and it, their power, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And, and so we are not good stewards, most of us, of our time, of the talents that God has given us, like that one uh, uh, person in scripture that hid the talent, because of fear, just, just what am I going to do? Um, and and um, with our, our treasure, the, the, the money that God has put in your hands, and with your temple, and with your testimony, or with your tongue. And so this series about being intentional, all in, all in is de the declaration, embraces not just a declarative or an important statement that, hey, you can count on me, God. Or I am totally committed. That's what all in is. is that I'm, I'm totally, with all my strength, mind, spirit, and soul, not only loving God, what our first message was to love God. I'm all in. And I'm going to love God with all my heart, with my mind, with my soul, and with my strength. And then I'm, I'm going to commit to love my neighbor, others, in the same capacity, to the same degree, depth, and way that I love my own life. And, and that is all in is, in essence, it's a declaration that I'm surrendered. 
uh, I'm in. I'm all in. And, um, and so we use the, the values uh, all in as an acronym as well for the values of, of our church. Uh, the A meaning authentic. We believe in being all in with respect to authenticity. The first L in all is to love God, love people. The second L was to lo- live dead. And last, that was last Sunday's message. We had a great time in worship and we just felt that God was doing something through worship that, that it's his service, his, uh, we are his people and, and we wanna give the spirit of God freedom. How many say amen? Hey, let's give the Lord a clap offering that, that this is, we believe in the person and the superintendency of the Holy Spirit, uh, that he can do anything he wants with his church, his service. Um, and so living dead, to, to live dead in essence, uh, the, the, the essence of that message is that if you want to save your life, you need to lose it. If you want to, if, uh, you know, to, if you want to live your life in a selfish way, you're going to lose your life is what Jesus says. But if you want to save your life, then you need to give it. You need to lose your life. You need to surrender it uh, for me through my cause. You need to live dead or live in such a way that Christ uh, lives through you. And, and you're not living for yourself, in and of yourself, and, or in a way that is selfish and ego-driven, egocentric, and selfish way. And so Jesus says, anyone who wants to save their life or live it the way you want to shall lose it. But anyone who loses their life for my sake shall find it. You will find it. And that's in essence uh, the message of this gospel. So if anyone want to be a follower, if anyone want to follow me, if anyone, we, if anyone wants to be my disciple, let them uh, deny themselves, let them deny himself or herself. That is the credo, if you will, um, of the gospel. Uh, let him pick, his, pick up his cross daily. Let him take his cross, carry his cross daily. That's the burdens. Those are the realities of, of a struggling relationship. Maybe somebody that is struggling with their health, struggling in a marriage relationship. That's, that could be a cross or a burden. And Jesus says, you can't just dispel it. You can't just ignore it. And you can't say, live selfishly where, where you do not follow me. Follow me. Pick up, take up your cross daily. Every day, take up your cross. And Jesus says, follow me. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow after me, uh, there, is a, there is a price, there's a, 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 the straight and the narrow way. Um, there is another way, a, a wide a gate and a, a wide road that seems like more attractive. Uh, and many, most people, that's what they choose, even Christians, the, the more expedient way, the, the road less traveled, if you will, uh, the road that is mostly traveled. And uh, so Jesus calls us to discipleship, to discipline, uh, because narrow is the gate and the way that lead to a life that is both not only eternal, but a life that is worth living. How many say amen? amen. There's a price. There's, but that price that we pay um, is rewarding. G- P- Peter says, Lord, we've left everything for you. So what do we get out of it? And Jesus tells them that in this life and in the life to come, you will be uh, rewarded with a hundred times more than whatever you gave for the kingdom. A hundred times more. How many say amen? So, So that is to live dead and in a way is to have Christ be your representative, to walk with Christ, ref- reflect Christ, uh, speak the words of Christ is to, is to live dead and then you'll see and sense and you'll be able to experience the rewards of Christ. Uh, today's uh, message is about being all in and the first uh, I of in, all in is the word intentional, intentional. All in, intentionally all in, by way of decision. By way of, 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 by way of your will, um, God respects your will. He's given you will. The, 
um, a free will, if you will, and to do something or decide something on purpose is being intentional. It's something that you do deliberate and not haphazardly. It's something that intentional means that you do it with and for a reason. You say something, you live in such a way, your lifestyle is with and for a reason, with purpose, on purpose, knowingly and conscientiously done. It's opposite of being incidental or accidental uh, or coincidental. Um, it's on purpose. And many of us find ourselves um, mindlessly hopping from task to task uh, or uh, an hour goes by, and then another hour, sometimes a day after day after day, or a week goes by after week, and, and it's like a blur. Uh, it's, it's like you ask yourself, boy, how does, you know, time flies. And you find yourself wandering, like just aimlessly, no intention, no purpose. You're just living, you're just going to work, you're coming back, you're earning the check, you come to church, uh, but something's missing. It's, it's, there's a vacuum there. There's a void there. There's an emptiness there. And then weeks uh, just blur into months and months into years. And, and there's something not, you're not developing. You're not growing. It's, you're not exalting Christ. You're not honoring God. Uh, your relationships are barely hanging in there. Or you go from one relationship to the next. And you are, and I, many of us are experts at how to lose relationships, how to break up. Um, how to hurt, how to be in pain. We are led by our pride and our arrogance, uh, many of us, and, and we are not intentional in our, the way we live, the way we submit, the way we die to God. Sometimes it seems like it's all a blur um, and you find yourself um, wandering and then wondering what, you know, where has time uh, has gone. And that's the same in relationships, and it's the same in kingdom activities, that many of us come to church, and you might be doing things for church or in church, but it does not mean that your activity uh, or your relationship with God is where it, it needs to be in terms of it being intentional. In a world where busyness, I mean, where everybody's busy, uh, every, people are busy doing nothing, doing nothing at home, but they're busy. Uh, they're, they're busy watching TV or they're, they're busy like having going through different phases and stages of crises, uh, the, the early crises, the adolescent crisis, they're in a youth crisis, they're in a midlife crisis, they're busy. Uh, there are people that get older in a crisis, like what do I do in my golden years in a world uh, where we are taught to value the external over the internal, the materialistic over over the uh, spiritual, the, uh, we are uh, uh, taught to value success at any cost. Uh, climb that ladder of success uh, versus the importance of taking your time or being intentional in our relationships in a world where children's mental health is in a crisis. More than in an all time, uh, our children are going through stresses that we never had. I mean, we were poor, but we were happy and we were content. Our kids have everything, and they're nervous, they're high-strung, uh, they have all kinds of issues with attention deficits, um, behavioral issues, uh, nightmares. Our, our kids, a lot, many are being prescribed, uh, you know, just different prescriptions. Uh, there's confusion in terms of their identity, their direction, uh, you know, their destiny, or their, uh, what God has for them, for our kids. And now, for all of us, for the church, through this series of All In, I think it's, we should start defining what God wants for us. 
And, and what is an, an, an all-in intentional life looks like? Uh, because if the 20, uh, this, if this epic or this uh, uh, COVID and post-COVID uh, time frame has taught us anything, is that nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. Uh, certain. And uh, at this time, we face this head-on. It's, no, it's time that we face this head-on and figure out what we can do. How do we rewrite how do we reestablish a foundation, a lifestyle uh, where we can be all in and be intentional? The first thing that I want to have you encouraged to do is to decide to live an intentional, Bible-centered, Jesus-exalting lifestyle. So you and I need to decide, everyone here needs to decide that your life is going to be driven and, uh, or, or you're going to embrace uh, the Bible centrality or the centrality of Scripture to be Bible-centered, scripture-driven, and Christ-exalting lifestyle. Uh, a lot of us, our lifestyle is not uh, biblically-centered. We, we have biblical knowledge. We come to church. We want to do that. But there's not enough Bible. There's not enough knowledge uh, for you to be grounded uh, in, in, your, in your identity, in your behavior, in your decisions, uh, in your principles or your values. They're not Bible-centered. They're... they're, they're uh, uh, mixed, if you will. They're a hodgepodge of values, but you're not Bible. They're not Bible-centered, and your lifestyle is not one that might be Jesus-exalting, Jesus-honoring a lifestyle. And I'd like to uh, just encourage you because Jesus uh, was intentional in everything he did. Jesus was intentional. God is intentional. You are here because you are God's intention. You were born because God intended you to be born. You're not an accident. Uh, you're not uh, a mistake. You're a masterpiece. Because everything God does, everyone God creates is on purpose, is intentional. You're here this morning because God wants to speak to you. You're here this morning because there are things that I believe that God wants to encourage you uh, or have you uh, decide to do differently in your life. Um, in Matthew 1, we find a, a series of names that are very provocative. Um, and in particular, the, a list of women whose lifestyles in the past uh, were, were failures by any means or any measure. Uh, someone like Tamar or Rahab the harlot or Bathsheba the adulteress. Uh, just, just people that, that struggled in their past and then their, their, their encounters were that, their, that they had, like Rahab, uh, just decided she was going to go in a different direction. She was, she was going to align herself with two spies that came and that she understood that they, they were part of God's people, uh, wanderers in the desert, and she shifted, if you will. Um, same thing with Tamar and, and Bathsheba and people like Ruth that are in Scripture that they decided they made decisions that changed the course of their destiny and you and I could do the same thing this morning. If we live indiscriminately, a lot of us live in a way that it doesn't matter, there's no order, there's no process, uh, there's no system to where uh, or what you do this week, next month, it's, it's called indiscriminately or haphazardly. haphazardly. You, you just kind of go with the flow, oh I think I'll go here, I'll go there, oh I think I'll spend money here, Without a budget, without intention, 
Um, you don't have a, a, a plan or a moment where you wake up and read scripture or spend time in God's presence. Uh, you don't make Sundays, maybe some of us, that, that you know, it's, it's a, it, God is first. Sunday, I'm going to go to the house of God. The psalmist says that I was glad with them that said, with everyone who said, I will go to the house of the Lord. I'm going I'm to go to the house of God because I need bread uh, for my spirit and I need, I need to hear from God. And uh, many of us are, uh, are free willing where we always are, are and, where we're, and if you live that style where you're just kind of free will, open-ended, no structure, no boundaries, no limitations, no intentionality, or very little, you'll always be familiar with lostness, with a sense of I'm lost, I'm empty, uh, I'm purposeless. And chaos will always follow you and you'll always blame the devil uh, for what you're going through. Uh, you'll always look for scapegoats instead of looking at yourself or your life. Uh, you'll always wander, wander off and then wonder, what, is, what am I doing on God's green earth? My life has no purpose. I don't sense a sense of purpose. And uh, when we spend our lives, we will continue to spend our lives searching for happiness and success and maybe recognition. Uh, but when we learn to be intentional, if you embrace the principles that... Uh, that God has put in our heart to share today, I believe that you'll find a, you'll discover a new path. You'll discover a new plan or a plan that God has for you. Um, and yet you'll, you'll begin to not look for happiness or bragging rights, but you'll begin to look for and, or receive and live and have peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, you'll know joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory. If you say yes to God and become intentional, you'll know what true fulfillment feels like in life, even though you might not have a lot of things and you might not have a lot of money, but you'll have the one thing that money cannot buy, and that's the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. It's fulfillment. See, money can buy you a pillow, but only God can get you sleep. Uh, can, can give you rest and joy and true fulfillment. And a lot of us want to be important instead of wanting to be relevant. You, you want to be known uh, instead of being significant. Uh, we want to be somebody and have success the way the world defines it instead of being applauded by God. By God having this smile on you and God says, that's my son. That is my daughter in whom I have contentment. Um, that is my son or my daughter in whom I am well pleased in and have God open heaven and have the presence of God come upon your life like it did on, uh, over Jesus when Jesus was obeying uh, the will of the Father. And it, what is a Bible-centered? What is a Bible-centered Jesus-exalting life, uh, lifestyle? It is a lifestyle that brings more God consciousness. It is a lifestyle where you're more and more aware of God and the presence of God and God's plan and purpose and God's word. And you get involved in scripture and, and life groups. You connect yourself with a mentor, young man, young lady. There is a spiritual awakeness, a spiritual awareness that you need God in your life in every area, every facet of your life. And God consciousness makes you turn off a television or not go to your device or not do something that you know that, that, uh, that the Holy Spirit is screaming to you saying, stop, don't go there, don't do that. Uh, that is a Jesus exalted, uh, exalting lifestyle, a biblical centered lifestyle. It is a lifestyle where you learn to shut off the autopilot. Most of us are in autopilot mode where you commit to be more present, 
more present in church or more present in your relationships where dads, we get home and we pay attention to our kids. We spend time with our wives. We listen. Um, it, it's not about now I get to rest. I've worked all day. Or ladies, you cannot be all the time or, or f- don't be so frequent in your complaining that all it is is one thought or one complaint after another and pretty soon um, your kids or your husband is just listening or maybe not even listening and many, well, I was going to say many a times, don't ask your husband, what did I just say? He's going to fail the test. <laughs> what did I just say? He's going to fail. Uh, I, uh, hon, can you say that again? I'm sorry. Can you say that again? So it's about turning, shutting off the autopilot of what you think is your life supposed to be about. It's not about earning a check. It's about being and, and knowing God's grace for your life for a time such as this. Is embracing God's values and expectations. It's living an intentional life and becoming intentional about what you understand God's plan for your life. It's what what really matters. Making the the day-to-day decisions based on the larger picture of what God wants in and for and what God wants out of your life. Um, Being intentional means making conscious conscious choices and and, uh, uh, taking or being aligned, taking aligned action to help you get closer to where God has ordained you to be, closer to where God ordains you to be. It's understanding that even things that are beyond your control, there's the things that you control, there are those that are beyond your control, that all those things that God has ordained is because God has a plan and God wants you closer to his will than your plans or your will. If you remember Joseph, it was not his plan God, Joseph had a dream, but he was not, the dream did not include uh, being abandoned and, and abused by his brothers. That was not part of the plan. That was not part of, it was antithetical to his dreams. He dreamed himself being special and, and being, you know, honored. And then he ends up in a, in a hole, in a pit, and, and being dis, uh, uh, abused by his, uh, by his own siblings, sold into slavery. It was not his plan uh, to be in Potiphar's house, a, a house of slavery. And for doing the right thing and saying no to temptation, he ends up in prison. What I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes your prison is God's plan. Your predicament is God's purpose. Uh, It's not because you created it, you wanted it, you caused it, and maybe you were uh, a uh, co-conspirator. Maybe you were uh, partly uh, um, uh, responsible for your predicament, for your finances, for your broke. uh, you're, You're not only broken, but a lot of us are broke, period, financially. And we have to take responsibility in those areas where you say, yep, it's my lifestyle. I'm responsible for this, but many a times there are predicaments that are beyond your control, beyond your sphere uh, of, of control and the, the pale of your, of your will. But that's because God is going to use that predicament because there's a Joseph in you. There is an Esther in you uh, that God is creating the environment, moving you toward a life that is surrendered, uh, that is uh, uh, completely um, uh, all in uh, to fulfill and embrace the will of God for your life. So be a Joseph. Have that kind of character. Be an Esther that you're just not sitting in a place of comfort. Uh, The moment came when Mordecai says, Miha. Mordecai says, it's in scripture. Look, it says, Miha. It says, like, like, hey, girl, you can't just sit there. The, the, the world outside is, is going to hell in a handbasket. Like, like we're, 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 our, our people are, are about to be exterminated. 
there is a real danger right now. And, and hey, girl, you better stand up. You better decide what side you're going to be on. Because if you, if you don't decide to step in and stand up and be part and stand in the gap, then God will raise and, and he, deliverance and enlargement and breath uh, uh, will come from somewhere else. In other words, you can get with God's plan or you can get replaced. Get with God's plan for your life or get replaced. That's what Mordecai was telling Esther, uh, his niece or his cousin, saying, hey, cuz, you can't sit this one out. You got to stand up. You got to make yourself count. You better get in the game. And see, that is what being intentional is about. It's not about just saying, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm going to go to heaven. I want God to bless me. God bless me. Oh, Lord, bless me. Uh, and, and wipe out all my enemies. Just wipe them out from the face of the earth in Jesus' name. So it, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't work that way. God, work on my husband. Instead of, hey, God, what's wrong with me? Okay, you're not with me. Like, God, my wife or my kids, all my kids are demon-possessed, says the demon-possessed father. Right? Like, like, yes, all my kids, like, what, what in the world? Like, mm, like, hey, I'm the boss in my home, and uh, chale con ese jale. And that's like Hebrew, like chale con ese jale. That means no way, Jose. That's not the way intentionality works in the kingdom of God. Uh, you have to get with the program or get out or get left out of God's program and plan. So here it is. I'm going to give you some four or five things you need this morning. God spoke to my heart. If you have your outline uh, this is like, put this on top of number one. But th- what I'm going to share with you, put it on top of number one. And you need uh, intentional. You need to be intentional about a fresh start this morning. You need to be intentional about a fresh start. Uh, so there are people here today, because God spoke to me, and, and I know for a fact that things are such where uh, they're chaotic, there's disorder, there's pain, there's hurt, there's discouragement or disillusionment, and you need to start all over again. You need to ask God for forgiveness. You need to ask God for a spiritual reset. You need to say yes to God again. Um, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19 says that, uh, but forget all the things in your past. Forget all the things in your past. Thank you, Abe. Uh, And it's nothing because it's nothing compared to what I am going to do. So your past is one thing. It's compartmentalized. It doesn't compare to where I'm taking you, to where uh, what I'm going to do. See, because where you come from is important. And a lot of us come from uh, uh, brokenness and poor poverty, if you will, um, dysfunction. Uh, maybe from, from just, just um, a lot of us come from a, an area or a source of pain or unfaithfulness on your part. And God says, where you come from is not as important as where I'm taking you. Amen. Or where you're going. Where you're going is more important. It's not what you start. It's where you finish. Um, it's not where you start. It's not what you start. It's what you finish as well. It's not how you start. It's how you finish uh, that really matters. There's people in scripture that started great like Samson and then just were, ended up devastated. Um, and, uh, or people that just started wrongly uh, like, a, like a, a Rahab the harlot and she ended up in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Okay, you're not with me. Rahab the harlot. Okay, I started like a harlot. And because of her choices and her intentional shifts, she ends up in the 11th chapter, the hall of fame of the scripture, alongside Sarah, the only two women that are mentioned in that chapter of faith. 
Because by faith, she understood what those, those spies, who they represented. By faith, she took risks and switched sides. I think I'll be a Hebrew. I think I'll be, I'm going to switch to the, the, the side of the stories that I hear about the God who's in the desert. <laughs> I, I hear there's a, a cloud by night <laughs> and a cloud by day. I think I'm going to go on that team right there. I think I'm going to go with the supernatural instead of the natural. Is what, what she decided. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk of changing my life forever. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and hide these spies. And God says, "Ada, girl. And God said, the Holy Spirit, I think I'm going to put her <laughs> in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. Because she dared uh, basically make a decision to be all, all in. It was all or nothing for her. I mean, it was life or death. But some of our lives, you might as well be dead because they're not worth too much. We're not making an impact. No, don't take me literally, okay? Don't, uh, but yeah, take me seriously though, but not literally. That some of our lives are, are not quite hitting your, your high notes. So he says, forget the things of your past for I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Can you see it? Because if you can see it, and if you could sense it, then you can dare size it up and seize it and begin to shape it. And then you'll share something that God is doing in your life because you cannot pursue what you cannot perceive. You cannot pursue what you cannot perceive in your spirit. So that's why he says, can you see it? Can, can you perceive it? Because I will make a pathway. Uh, verse 19, I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the life of the wasteland of your life. I will create like new life, if you will, rivers in the dry places of your life. Um, I love D.L. Moody's statement. It's, it's one of my favorite statements. I, I try to live by this and that you should not uh, fear failure. You should not fear failure. But you should, all of us, be afraid of success where it doesn't matter. So, so fear success. And a lot of us are successful. It just doesn't matter. It's not connected to eternity. And a lot of us are like, we say no to God because we're afraid to get involved, afraid, afraid to say yes to a life group or, or to walk uh, faithful. Maybe may not successful in the eyes of man, but, but what is the area that God is calling you to be faithful? Where is it that God is asking you to be all in? What's the shift that God is asking you to do? The priorities that need to change at home. Like a lot of us, a lot of us, maybe not during football season, but right after football season, a lot of us... Thank you. A lot of us, well, you would do yourself a big favor if you just turn off the TV, except for football season. No, I'm being facetious. I'm just, just a lot of us are not willing to go there. Like, 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 like our all in is conditional. Okay, you're not, okay, I'm over here. Uh, some of us, yeah, pastor, I'm all in, except I don't touch this, don't touch my sport, don't touch my novelas, or, or you know what, I need my manicures or whatever it is. I'm broke, I can't afford them. But, oh, this girl needs to be pretty. Okay, or whatever it is. I'm sorry, because I don't even know if I did that right. Uh, and, and, but a lot of times, we're like, like our priorities, our priorities, people, they're all wrong. And you're all in for all the wrong places and all the wrong reasons and, and without the right priorities. What I'm trying to share is that D.L. Moody, I love this quote because he says, don't be afraid of failure of what people are going to say. But be afraid of being successful at something that doesn't matter. So, so what? You have something. Yeah, you're great. You have a house. You have a great car. You have this, this great thing that you are bragging about. So what? So what? If it's not connected to eternity. If it doesn't matter to God, it doesn't matter anyway. 
because the, the, the sands of time are gonna erase your and my existence, the sign of time, the sands of time, if Jesus tarries, nobody's gonna remember your name, not even your great, once you hit your grandchildren, no, no, your great-grandchildren. All you're gonna be a, a memory is to your children. And then that memory is gonna fade with your grandchildren, that's it. So I, I have a grandfather. Uh, you know, I, I don't spend a lot of time telling our kids about my grandfather. I spent time without telling about my dad and my mom. My grandfather, uh, Jose Maria Gonzalez, from, a, from an, uh, a village in Mexico. A great man in his own rights. But his memory is already faded except from a few of us. And soon the sands of time, it will, it, the only thing that mattered is that he gave his life to Jesus Christ uh, when he was already an adult. He and my grandmother, Rita Gonzalez, they gave their life to Christ. And that's what mattered is that my dad said yes to Christ. My dad was the first one in the, the family. Two missionary women came knocking on doors. My dad was 12 or 13. He already had a sense of lostness, of emptiness, of, de of desperation. He would go to, to the church, to the Catholic church, and wouldn't understand they were, it was in Latin. He felt empty. He asked himself his life only to live, to suffer and die. That was like just the suffering. Just this suffering is supposed to be all this life. And then two women, this, this, this uh, village would not allow men to proselytize or to come and bring the gospel. No, they would be stoned. They would be kicked out. But these men were gentlemen. They would let two women or women come in because what can women, what, what damage can two women do? Come on, they, they were gentlemen. How many understand the wisdom of God? The, the wisdom of God. So there they are, they're knocking on doors. My dad opens the door and, and they said, you know what, we're here because we were just sharing the news of Jesus Christ that God has a plan for you. And when they said that God had a plan and a purpose for it, for that's life. Right then, it just resonated. My grandmother tried to run them off because they were heretics, according to, the, to my grandmother. They're heretics. They said, my dad told, told us, I had enough presents. I was just old, barely old enough to tell my grandma, my, her, his mom, mom, I want to hear what, they want, what, they're, what, they, what they're saying. Mom, let me hear what they're saying. Amen. Just, just, just enough. And then they said, hey, God has a plan. You know, we have a service right outside the, the town under a tree. Uh, we invite you. It's going to happen at 6 o'clock. And my dad took his brothers and sisters. Other, uh, uh, there was 11. My dad's the third oldest. He took everyone that was younger that would listen to him. He took them all that night. Most of them were saved. Uh, several of them were called to ministry. Um, and what I'm trying to tell you is that Nothing of eternal consequence can happen if you get it wrong. If you're living for something that has no eternal consequences. The thing that is the greatest thing is that to, to know that Christ lives in your heart, that you're born again, and then all of a sudden that became a, a basically a, um, um, a domino effect for the rest of our families to, to know Christ and to live for Jesus Christ for his glory. Let me, let me uh, um, John Maxwell says, don't accept your life, lead it. Don't just accept life, you know, accept the situation. No, lead yourself, lead your life, uh, lead yourself. So start every day and be the leader of you. So be the leader of you. Pastor, nobody listens to me. Well, I hope you listen to yourself then. Well, be, begin by starting with you. So pastor, in my home, I, I, yeah, well, you, you listen to you, lead you. So don't just live life and complain about it and woe is me. 
get up with an intentional purpose in you. Get up with intentionality. I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up and spend time with God. I'm going to make this knee obey this brain and this heart, and you will bend. You will bow to God. Five, 10, 15 minutes, you will open the Bible. Well, where do I, it doesn't matter, start reading anywhere. Just, just start, start Matthew, start with John, start with a, 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 there are several gospel letters that Paul wrote that are just one chapter, Philemon. Start there, one chapter. By the way, that's a scary book, by the way. So if you want to get scared, read Philemon. Jude, that's a great book. The, the gospel of Jude talks about God's wrath. It'll get you fixed. Like, like it'll, it'll, it'll get you, it'll get you woke. <laughs> Thank you very much. Paco, that, that, that piano means nothing to me. Just because you're playing doesn't mean we're going to stop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, so live intentional. Number two is you live uh, intentional. Uh, no, so number two is intentional living. Intentional living. So, the, so you, have, you need to be intentional about your reset. Number two, you need to be intentional about how you live. Uh, intentional living. And in the, the book of uh, John chapter 4, there's a book, there's a chapter of the Samaritan woman. So the Bible says that Jesus intentionally decided that it was necessary for him, uh, instead of um, going from, he was uh, going to Galilee. And um, so it was necessary. He decided that it was necessary for him to, to take what is called a divine detour. So from Judah, uh, from Judea, uh, to Galilee and all the Jews would go around all the way around instead of going through Samaria and Jesus says no I think I'll change my routine Jesus says no I think I'm going to go through, through Samaria and in Samaria there was a small village called Sikar the word Sikar means the town of drunkards the drunkards and, and so Jesus got there he was exhausted he sat on a well uh, Jacob's well and a woman just came, who was living haphazardly. She was lost. Five, uh, uh, five marriages, uh, living with uh, a person in adultery. And Jesus saw value in her. Jesus saw value. I'll say that again. I mean, how many of us would, a uh, five-time divorcee, somebody who had not had successful relationships at all. As a matter of fact, every, every relationship was maybe a reaffirmation that she was a failure, a failure in life. She's a failure as a woman, failure as a wife. Uh, we're not told whether she has children or had children, but, but five husbands and living uh, with another person, a live-in uh, partner in her home. And Jesus begins to have a conversation with her. And he says, can you give me some water? She goes, you're asking me? You're a Jew uh, and I'm a Samaritan, a mixed blood, a mixed race. And you're asking me for water? Oh, he goes, woman. If you would just know the gift of God, if you, woman, if you just knew the gift of God, and if you knew who was standing here in front of you, Amen. you would ask me, you would ask me for water, and I would give you water, woman, like you've never had before. It would be a water where you would never thirst again, and it would gush up in you for eternal life if you knew the gift of God. And this woman says, sir, give me of that water. Hey, give me that water. They, they start this dialogue and says, hey, before I do that, uh, bring me your husband. And she goes, I don't have, she, she probably thought, which one? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why in this church we have a rule. This church, like, like we have it written in our constitution that 
we take people up to five divorces, maybe even six, but after that, no more grace, right? After your sixth divorce, no more. You can't be a member of this great church after six divorces, never, Sarah. She goes, where's your husband? Bring me your husband. She goes, I don't have one. She goes, you, you spoke the truth. You spoke the truth. Then something, there's a shift that happens. She goes, I perceive that you're a prophet. I perceive that you're a prophet. And, and th this is Jacob's well. Jacob, watch, she's a mixed race. And she goes, Jacob, our father. Samaritan, Samaritan. And says, and, and Jesus, a Jew would say, hey, he's not your father. He might be your stepfather, but you're not legitimate. But not Jesus. Jesus says, oh, Jacob, I knew that rascal. Okay, you're not, you need to know a little Bible. I knew that, right? Oh, I had a, a battle with him, a tour three times. I wrestled with that guy and I took him down. I pinned him. I, 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 just un, I basically pulled out the socket of his hip. After he was done, I, after I was done with him, the guy limped for the rest of his life. Because that's what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You'll never be the same again. You'll walk differently once God is done with you. You'll walk differently. You'll talk differently. Once Jesus is done with you and you give Jesus an opportunity, you wrestle and you fight the fight of your life for transformation. So, so you need to live intentionally. Jesus did. This woman intentionally received Christ. She intentionally went and told everybody, come and see a man who told me all that I've done. Come and see a man. And the Bible says that many believed because of her testimony, but more believed because when they came and they heard Jesus speak, uh, uh, they believed in Jesus Christ and there was a, he stayed there for three days. Intentionally, intentionally. Number two on your notes is to intentionally serve, intentionally serve. So live intentionally, no, ask God for a reset intentionally today. Live in such a way that it's intentional living. Serve intentionally. So number three, number two on your notes is, is intentionally serve, intentionally serve. And so in Colossians 3.22, I love what, what Paul says. So servants, the other word is slave or a servant. Obey your, your earthly masters in everything you do. Obey, like be submissive, be humble. And it's talking about maybe your, your bosses and, and work and a lot of, I don't like my boss. He doesn't like you either. Or she doesn't like you either. It's even, okay? Because I promise you that if you can't find favor with your bosses, if you can't humble yourself, if you don't know how to kind of handle your mouth or your attitude, you'll never see a promotion in that company ever. Somebody else will always be promoted over you. Somebody less uh, intelligent, somebody less, uh, you know, with less seniority, uh, because there's a principle here. It says, so, so submit and obey to your earthly uh, masters in everything you do. Try to please them uh, all the time, not just when they are watching you. Uh, serve them uh, sincerely because uh, you are, because you're reverent. There's a reverential fear toward the Lord because in essence, you're doing it for God. The next verse says, uh, work willingly uh, at whatever you do uh, as though you are working for the Lord and you're not working for people. You're not working for your boss. What if it was Jesus Christ who was like your chief, your supervisor, uh, your director at work? You'd be total different attitude. And Jesus, what he's saying, what Paul is saying, do it like if it was Jesus. Work and, and show up on time and, and, do, uh, and um, do the work, be excellent, 
as though it was Jesus who was there, not to please people, but rather to please God. How many say amen? So serving. So in Matthew 20, and I'm going to close here. Matthew 20, there is a great um, James and um, John's mom comes to Jesus and says, Lord Jesus, I'm going to ask you as a mother that when you come in your kingdom and you establish your kingdom, I'm going to ask you that, that, that little James and little Johnny, I'm going to ask that they sit in your right hand and with the other one on your left. It doesn't matter which one is right or left. But I'm going to ask you that you kind of sit them there. And Jesus tells uh, this woman, he says, you don't know what your spirit is. You, you don't know what you're asking. And you don't know what spirit this is coming from. It's coming from a spirit of competition. And, and, and uh, uh, you want favoritism. Uh, you want favoritism for your sons and, and God loves everybody the same way. Every son, every mom's son is loved by God the same as you love uh, your own children. And there, there was a great debate and a great fight. There was in her, in her, in her there was a, just, just Peter and took offense and, and Andrew and everybody else took offense. The Bible says in verse, uh, chapter 20, verse 25, that Jesus called them together and he says, you know about um, the rulers uh, of the Gentiles, that they hold power over their people um, and their high officials order them around. Uh, do not be like that or it's not so in my kingdom. Instead, anyone who wants to be important among you must be the servant or your servant. Um, and like uh, the son of man, so anyone who wants to be first, first must be willing to be last and serve others. Whoever wants to be served. Just like the Son of Man, he came not to be served. Instead, he came to serve others and he gave and he came to give his life as a price or as a ransom for setting many people free, for setting many people free. The last uh, thought there on your, on your outline is to intentionally give, intentionally give. So intentionally ask God for a reset, intentionally live your life for God, intentionally serve like in the same spirit that Jesus served and the last one is to intentionally give to intentionally give um, you are what you give you are you're, the expression of your giving is a, um, a reflection of your spirituality your giving is a reflection of your maturity and your true spirituality if somebody who really has not discovered the, the blessing and the joy the privilege of giving is because that's the level of your spirituality that's the level of your knowledge of scripture that's the level of your willingness to to uh, to serve God in a way that pleases God so I'd love the um, um, Luke chapter 6 verse 38 given it shall be given unto you um, your gift will return to you so given and you will receive your gift will return to you uh, full pressed down shaken together uh, to, so that you can make room for more running over and poured into your lap the amount that you give or in the spirit that you give the same measure that you use to measure your giving that's the same measure that it will be used to to give unto you to, so that you can have your return Paul says remember this that whoever sows sparingly uh, will also reap sparingly and whosoever sows or sows or plants generously will also can reap a harvest that is going to be generous in nature uh, each one of us should give what you have decided according to how you've purposed in your own heart and not out of regret or compulsion or sadness for God loves, for God loves the cheerful giver, for God loves the cheerful giver. 
And giving in many, many ways is a reflection of your spiritual maturity. That many of us, when we serve, and when we live for God, and when we give, uh, you never look more—you never look more like your father, your, you know, God, your father, than when you serve and when you give. And so, so there's this giving principle for Linda and I. We we practice the tithe. Maybe it's because we grew up in a time that the tithe was emphasized all the time, and we never like like twist arms in this church. You know, the way we just we wanted to come from your heart. Never try to manipulate anyone into giving. I think we can be much more intentional. This church, much more biblical, much more emphatic about uh, the blessings that you're missing out if you are not a giver. If you do not decide to be intentional about the way you live for God and serving others and God intentionally and fully and more dedicatedly. But many of us, I believe that you're missing on a on a treasure trove of blessings. Uh, most blessings that are have to do with the blessings of God. So there's a scripture in Malachi uh, chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring your tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat, so that there's food in my house, says God. And I want you to test me. It's the only time that God says, test me. I like, prove me, test me, put me to the test. And, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing upon your life. Blessings, not money, not just money. Blessings, I will pour out blessings upon your life uh, that you have no, uh, that you can't even imagine. Over like abundance. And not just this blessing, but I will, I will, I will shut down the devourer. Like, like that worm, that canker worm that, that always takes your money and all everything breaks. And when you're trying to save, he says, I will come against that devourer. The one that comes against your, the, so that you're, you're not fruitful and so that your vineyards are not uh, are, are being like undermined by pests so i will come against that devourer by all the pests and everything that comes and takes away your earning power your blessings your prosperity your ability to be fruitful test me on this god says in malachi 3 10 and verse 11 and so my wife and I, we live on that principle of tithing and we also give to generously to missions. We do every, we purpose to give to missions. We give to ministers and missionaries. Uh, that's just, just we feel that God is doing something in somebody's life. Uh, we try to identify ministries that are doing something that this church should be doing and we're not doing. We try to bless people in this church. We have like, I don't know, 22, 25 missionaries uh, that we give um, all over the continent or all over the world. Uh, from your giving, from your giving, even if you don't give, we give it. Okay, now let me say, let me go over here. But all of us should be intentional. And, and so, for my wife, we start at the tithe. You know why? Because before there was the law. This is not because it's Old Testament. Abraham gave before it was before Moses said it. So Abraham has this this incredible victory. God blesses him. He has all this loot, and he meets with this with this priest Melchizedek. And then he acknowledges that and he gave them the tithe of everything that God gave them. He gives God. So Moses came and he established the law. After the law, it was just, um, it was common practice. Jesus says, do it. Jesus never refuted the tithe. And that's why it's a great place to start. The tenth of everything that God gives you. And, and then give by grace. So Paul says, you can do grace giving. Give according to your purpose in your heart. But, but when you do it, be generous. Don't be stingy when you're stingy that's what you get back you sow a little that's what you get back you sow with generosity and you can expect the harvest that is in keeping in keeping with the measure of your giving 
and the, the generosity of your heart. Would you bow your heads? I think we've done enough damage. Would you bow your heads with me? Worship team, would you guys help me? Let's start with first things first. Just as you're sitting for this moment, if you're somebody that you know that your life is not right, you feel like, man, you're not connected to God or you're not confident that you're born again, and you want to be confident that you want the reset of all resets. You want to start all over again and start by having Jesus be your Lord and Savior. Right now, would you just lift up, slip up your hand wherever you're at. Would you just slip it up? And I want to pray with you and for you. Thank you. I see hands. Gracias. You want to be right with God. You want Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your heart. And just, I want you to just lift up your hand wherever you're at. I see hands all over the place. After we say this prayer, would you go to that um, um, information uh, table? And we, we want to be able to bless you and connect with you. Church, would you do me a favor, everyone, for those of you that slipped up your hand and for those that, that raised your hand in your heart, would you, everyone, would you repeat this very simple prayer? Say with me, Lord Jesus, save me. Save me. Make me your child. I want to be born again. I want to live for you intentionally. I want to serve you intentionally. And I want to give you all my life intentionally. Through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, amen and amen. Would you stand up, church? Would you stand with us? Would you lift up your hands and would you just for a moment, um, just for a moment, lift up your hands. Some of you are like, you need to start all over. Some of you just need to decide to live intentionally for God. Intentionally, like, like prioritize your lifestyle for God. Some of you need to decide, you know what, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to get in the life group. We have uh, next steps right around the corner. We have next steps. And if you've not taken next steps, they're a way to get connected with this, with this mission, with this church. They're a way to get connected with what God is doing at LifeHouse. Next steps. It'll take a little bit of time, and it'll require you to make a decision to be intentional. And then to give. There's ways that you can give. Uh, online giving. There's a QR code. Um, you can give, you know, just in whatever capacity. Check or offering. But, but give. Be, decide to be a giver. Every time you have a, 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 an in-source. Every time you have an income. Every time. Just, just practice giving. Make it a point. Don't let it go by. Make God your priority. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the LifeHouse podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at LifeHouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.